Wednesday version of the Daily Walk, and we are in Philippians, and the book of Philippians is four chapters. It's known as the joy chapter. You are on day 334. If you've been staying with us this year on the Daily Walk year-long Bible, and this is a joy chapter. It's known as the joy chapter because Paul doesn't really have to address issues in the church. He's given praise to the church in Philippi because they bring him joy. And he opens the letter with joy. And he says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. And he references how they bring delight to him. And a lot of times they bring tears to his eyes because he's just so happy. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. And he says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you'll keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Because he says, I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ returns. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And so this right here should bring us great joy, but this often brings great debate. Even by people who claim to have sanctification in their life, they want to know, how can I live a pure and blameless life? And that's how you do it. Paul is the writer of that says, be in the world but not of the world. And by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, by being entirely sanctified, you surrender all of you to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit to guide you, to lead you, and to walk with so that you can live a pure and blameless life where you don't have to sin. Yes, that's true. We don't have to sin. Jesus showed us that. That's the purpose of him living here for 33 years on earth, which we'll get to in a minute, to show us that we can actually, with the Holy Spirit, live in a world of sin without sinning if we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And so he's telling the church of Philippi, don't forget you can do that. Don't forget you've done well with that. Don't forget that I'm happy for you because you do that. You represent that well. And there are many people, I have many, 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 many friends that live this well. And I am so appreciative of them because they help guide me along with the Holy Spirit in that life. You need those kind of friends that you can 
group with. Remember, Jesus said, if you're a friend of the world, you're no friend of mine. <laughs> you're either for me or against me. And that's, Paul is like just delighted because he's writing this from prison. And even as he's in prison, because he's walking with Jesus and there's things that happen in prison, his example helps other people see Jesus in him. And he says, and because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. So that's where our example, our actions, reactions, and our daily living example can represent that we can live a pure and blameless life. Because, you know, in prison, you don't get all the frills and spills often. And if you can still act and react with a mind of Christ, then you're going to be a part of maybe making change in other people because they're going to say, why is he different or why is she different? And they're going to want some of that. And he said... Everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in change because of Christ. And so that helps bring others because of my imprisonment. Most of the believers have gained confidence. So instead of backing down, the believers speak boldly. So what if our example was enough to help other people be confident in their own beliefs? And that's what he's saying. The church of Philippi, hey, you're doing good. I really like that you are bold in your confident witness to others. You know, and that's that's what we try to teach in this uh, organization I work with called Organic Outreach is we try to teach people to be bold in your witness. But really what we need is a church to be bold in its witness. And, you know, we had a great outreach person that was helping us be bold in our witness. But the one thing we have to do is be willing to understand that people are different in their ways of witness and that people have different responsibilities. So if we don't do it exactly like you do, we have to make allowances for that. And when those allowances aren't given room, then that's when division starts. And that's when things get separated. And that's kind of what happens. So we have to always be willing to work together, even if there's differences. And so he says, I'll... I'll Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a matter worthy of the good news of Christ. And the good news of Christ is not just that he came and died for us and rose again, but that he wants us to be united, not divided. <laughs> and he says, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be assigned to them the enemies, that they're going to be destroyed, but you are going to be saved 
by God himself. So stand firm in your faith, knowing full well, remember Paul said, if God is for you, who can be against you? Stand firm in your faith because if you keep doing what is right, living a pure and blameless life, then you will be strong in it and that'll be a witness to them that they you can't be shaken. So he says in the next chapter, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble thinking of others as better than yourself, which is a good lesson. So when people come in and they witness different than you, don't think your way is the only way. <laughs> Allow for people to do things in their own way as long as it's in the way of Christ. Because you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And here's where we get into how he came to show us we can live in the world but not of the world. It's these verses in chapter 2. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God. This is We're talking about Jesus as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, took the humble position of a slave, and was born of a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So this is in Philippians 2, it's verses 6 through 11. It's highlighted in my Bible. I think we should highlight it in our Bibles if we haven't. And the verse five says, we must have this same attitude. This is the attitude Christ had when he walked the earth and he had this humble attitude. We gotta remember who we are in Christ. And if we remember who we are in Christ, then nothing, nothing can overtake us. And the biggest thing is we remember that we gotta stay humble. Because there's so many things that Jesus could have did but didn't do to show us humbleness. So work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And I love this part. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you so that no one can criticize you. This is this is huge. You know, I sat in a in an Easter service one time, and someone didn't like the way things were going because the Lord prompted me to to do communion first, right after the singing, and that really aggravated someone. And they said they basically said, if you don't do it the way we want to do it, then we'll just leave. And they said that in the middle of the song service, and it was kind of loud. And I'm like, whoa. And eventually them people really did leave. But I thought, 
Wow. And then we read this. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that no one can, can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world of crooked and perverse people. That's lacking in humbleness. That's wanting your own way. That goes clear against what 1 Corinthians 13 says. And so my response was, hey, let's, can we just go pray about this? And so during the singing, we just went and prayed. And I just, you know, I said, Lord, forgive this situation. Forgive me for even entering this situation. But I know this is what you want me to do. And if this is not what you want me to do, correct me right here, right now. And the word the Lord gave me was, no, you follow me, not him. And so I did. And, you know, while it worked for the moment, it obviously didn't work for the long term because they end up leaving anyway. So hold firmly to the word of life, which is what the Lord gives you. And then on the day Christ's return, he will prove to you that you didn't run the race in vain. And that's what we got to do is we always want to follow what the Lord is telling us and be happy in it. So Paul keeps praising the church because they're doing good, and, and he commends uh, Epaphroditus, who has come a long way and done some things for him. And then we get to uh, chapter 3 where he says, Whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. Never get tired of telling you this. Because rejoicing is what safeguards your faith. Let's rely on what Christ has done for us and put no confidence in human effort. See, that's what my prayer was when that happened on Easter Sunday. I was just blown away because it's Easter Sunday. We're supposed to be celebrating the resurrected king, right? And so I put no confidence in the human effort, and I went and asked the Lord, you know, Lord, if I, I made a mistake here, and he's like, no, you do what I tell you to do. And so Paul writes about that. We must rely on what Christ has done for us and does for us, putting no confidence in human effort. Everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. So focus on one thing. Forget the past. Look forward to what lies ahead. So many times we get stuck in the past. Well, we got to do it this way. Well, we got to do it this way. Well, we got to do it this way. Well, in the past we did it this way. Well, we got to have it this way. Well, the ritual says this. Well, the the ritual says this, or this This is how we did it. This is how we did it. And man, so many places get stuck in the past. In my meeting Monday, we talk about uh, pharisaical rituals that get so hung up that religious leaders will let that cause division. And we can't do that. We have to follow and rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us and hold on to the progress we've already made. Paul's writing that in Philippians 3.16. Hold on to the progress we have already made. That's huge. 
And he's writing this in a joyful attempt because Philippi is making great strides. Excuse me. And he says, keep pressing to the goal. Let go of the past. Do what's good and keep doing it. So he closes out chapter four with this great stuff about joy. And, you know, I did this thing called the Positive Project, and uh, I'm real big into challenge coins. And I had this printed on a challenge coin, and we had this B on the front that was all about being positive. And it says, always be full of joy in the Lord. Rejoice. (laughs) Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Man, what if we really did that? What if we took all of our concerns of the Lord? I mean, everything in the workplace, in the in the any setting we're in, workplace, the social place, the the shopping place, wherever we're at, instead of worrying about how's this gonna work, we just started praying to the Lord, Lord, help me figure this out. We can pray anywhere. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. What if we praised him in advance for what he's already doing to make what you need come to be? There's a thought. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. If we shift from worry and start praying and praising for what we know he can do and what he's already doing, that gets our mindset. See, the enemy wants to fill our mind with worry. He wants to fill our mind with angst. He wants to fill our mind with doubt. But if we shift it into a mindset of prayer and praise with the Lord Christ Jesus, the enemy has no room to be in our mind. That's why we get dressed, remember in the last book, we get dressed in the full armor and the helmet of salvation is upon us because with the helmet, he can't get through to our mind. And your salvation is real. Work out your own salvation. Work it out. How do we do it? Pump that iron. Get in there and pray. That's a a discipline we got to do to keep him out of our head is get dressed, pray, and don't let this worry junk get creeping in there. I'm excited about that. His peace will guard your heart. That's huge. And then he says this, and this was printed on the back of my challenge coin for everybody. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What if we changed our thought process completely to just this, to fixing our thoughts on what is true, not on skeptic things, not on hypothetical things, but only on things that we know that are true and honorable, not gossip, not hearsay, not potential, but on what is true and honorable and right, not maybes, and pure and lovely. The good things, 
Think happy thoughts. Think happy thoughts. Think happy thoughts. And admirable. Things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Whoo. Could that change your day maybe? Because here's the verse that my kids used to say on the way to school every day, going to a school that had lots of violence in it. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. You say, well, I don't know if I can do that. You can do that. For you can do everything. You can do everything through Christ who gives you strength. So today when we close out, let's, let's focus on that. Philippians 4.8. Let's write that down, highlight it in your Bible, print it on paper big and bold. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. It's the end of November going into December. It is the holiday worship or holiday shopping season. It should be a worship time. So let's put this out somewhere where we see it and let's focus on this scripture. Let's make this our mantra for the holiday season and live this and not let the enemy get us into worry. Let's not worry about anything and let's pray about everything because we're going to fix our thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Can we do that? I think we're going to open with that like every day from now and through the Christmas season so that we can keep our minds straight. I hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. It's been a great joy book looking at Philippians today. We'll see you tomorrow as we look at Colossians. Have a great Wednesday. And know Jesus loves you. Word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty.